matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Charlie Benante, drummer for the legendary bands Anthrax and Stormtroopers of Death. I also dropped a bonus episode today, so make sure you check that out, featuring the cast and crew of the new Shutter original movie, Host, where each of them go through, say who they are, and give a short little explanation on what their favorite horror movie is. A huge shout-out to the director, Rob Savage, for helping me put that together, and I hope you guys check it out, as well as the movie on Shudder, because I highly recommend it, and I personally loved it a lot. And don't forget to check out my boys over at the Moth Boys Podcast, Horror Dads, and Patio Slave. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Here's the interview. How's it going, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, uh, it's going good. Well, you know, as good as could be expected, but all good. Yeah. Now I hear you. So, uh... We'll start with some um, music questions. Of course, you know, with Anthrax being so legendary, it's hard to ask, you know, about the band with, you know, and it'd be a question that people can't find somewhere else. So if you don't mind, just give me uh, with all the with quarantine going on and you doing all these like quarantine jam sessions, if you could have a dream lineup for one of the jam sessions, you know, a live or passed away musicians, uh, who would you have? And just give me like a bass player, or a, a, one guitarist and a vocalist. Um, Wow. I, I I have this thing about uh, certain like English bass players. Um, whenever they play in the, in in the song that they're playing, they always seem to find the right notes in the in the song. John Paul Jones was one. Uh, John Deacon was another. Geezer Butler. Uh, I don't know what it is, man. There's just something about them that just, you know, Paul McCartney. <laughs> they just, they just have this thing about them. So I would pick one of those guys, if Heck if, yeah. if I if I could, of course. But uh, yeah, um, a guitar player, I would definitely want to. I love. Um, I mean, of course, my 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 choice would be. Uh, I would love to do something with Eddie Van Halen because, to me, he's so percussive on the guitar. And it's like when I play guitar, it's, it's similar to that because I'm a drummer playing guitar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those would be my two, of course. And singer-wise, oh, shit, I don't know, man. It's just like <laughs> so many cool singers, you know? Yeah. Some bands have more than one good singer. <laughs> Some bands have more than one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But, um, yeah, I'd probably choose uh, like a Freddie Mercury type of thing to do something really heavy and... Because I love the way he sings heavy songs. Like the song Sheer Heart Attack has always been one of my uh, one of my favorites by Queen. Yeah. No, his melodies are definitely something that uh, I don't think anybody's ever been able to mimic for sure. Yeah, because he thinks from he comes from a different um, a different box. If yeah, it, you know what I mean. So he's definitely thinking differently than other people do. And what he brings into the, uh, the song is is just really special and it's unique. Yeah. So my last like music question really is kind of another uh, thinker for you is 
since you guys are part of the big four, who would your big four be, you know, like from growing up or, you know, just that you've got, gained more respect for over the years. And, you know, now they're in your big four and stuff like that. It's funny you said that because I always like been very specific about bands that I will collect everything that they do, whether it be recordings, T-shirts, memorabilia, videos, whatever. And yeah. of course, the Beatles, is, they've always been my first and foremost favorite band because it was the first band that I was ever like turned on to um and then it would be led zeppelin because led zeppelin is another one of those mysteries to me uh how these four came together and created such a catalog of, of great music that yeah um it's just so special um another one is acdc is just something about that band that they're not they don't look like your typical rock star but yet what they what they have put out, um, uh, the music just speaks for itself. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then, of course, I there's a a group, that, a collection that will make up the fourth, like the 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 Sex Pistols, the, you know, Black Sabbath. Um, yeah, those type of bands. I love I love classic punk rock, whether it be the Clash, the Sex Pistols, or uh, Generation X, anything. You know, so that would sum it up. Okay, awesome. So before we move on to the horror movies, the only thing I want to ask you about is uh, I like to ask you about your coffee. Uh, what made you decide to start making your own coffee, and you know how did that come to be? It's funny. Uh, the thing about the coffee is like I grew up, I grew up in the Bronx, mm. in New York, and there was always these Italian kind of cafes like in our neighborhood, and I would always go with my with my mom, my sisters, whatever. And then in our house, we always had coffee going, always. And my mom and sisters would always tell me that I was when I was really little and I was just drinking like a bottle, you know, mm. um, my mother would put some coffee in there for me because I would always drink the coffee on the table that they were drinking. And I've always had this love of coffee. So I, I always wanted to do my own coffee. And then about 15 years ago, maybe it was, uh, Dave Mustaine and myself uh, started doing coffee. Dave called me up and said, you want to, you know, you're interested? And I'm like, absolutely. It's like what I love. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it with, with, with Dave. And then that kind of didn't uh, last very, very long, but I still wanted to do it. So I found a local roaster and started doing it really independently and just doing it that way, doing it that way. And then uh, I hooked up with this company, Dark Matter, here in Chicago mm. that mutual friends knew about. And bam, we just hit it off and they put out my coffee now. And it's not like something that I just slap a label on. Mm. You know, uh, I would go there and we would. Uh, all of us would you know stand around a table and just try different blends of coffee and like sip it and then roll it around in our mouth and then spit it out and then i created a couple of blends and that was it uh we were off and running so it's it's something that i'm most proud of because i put a lot of attention a lot of blood and you know, sweat into it no definitely that's awesome so and you have some of that available right now on your website still yeah, you could go to uh, my website, charliebenanti.com, or even mm-hmm. the Dark Matter website. Okay, awesome. So we'll move on to the horror movies, man. If you don't mind, do you have any uh, memories you know, from childhood or you know, uh, teenage years that revolve around horror movies that you like to share? 
so for me growing up, I was the youngest out of five and I had four older sisters and Mm -hmm. my, my, uh, my cousins lived close by too. So I was always kind of watching what they were watching and my cousins were into horror movies. And one of the first horror movies that I've ever seen was, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And, uh, it became a favorite. Yeah. And um and then of course I wanted to know more about them and discovered more. And then, you know, you watch older movies like Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon was one of my favorites. Um yeah. and then growing up, my mom would take me to these marathons in the theater. They would have like horror movie marathons. They'd also have like Planet of the Ape marathons where you'd go and you'd watch three movies or five movies and my mom would sit there with me and watch five fucking movies that's awesome and um it was something that uh you know i loved it and this is before any of us had vcrs or anything like that so i would she got me a subscription to famous monster magazines and i remember there was an ad that they would put in there where you could send away for like 35 millimeter uh, movie reels of certain movies and of course they were just silent yeah and i would i would buy those and just watch them and i still have some of those too damn that's awesome i bet you they're worth a ton of money for sure <laughs> yeah so it's just always been horror movies uh for me and then once i was old enough to actually see like r-rated movies accompanied by you know my sister or cousins or whatever Dude, like, I would fucking go crazy. I mean, I remember seeing The Exorcist uh, in the theater. I remember seeing Jaws when it first opened and being yeah. online and, 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 and for it and just being so excited about it. Do you have a uh, an all-time favorite horror movie, would you say? Uh, if Jaws is, is qualifies as a horror movie, I mean, I know everybody knows that Jaws is my favorite movie, but... That yeah. to me is just one of those movies where, yeah, because it's real, it's not some kind of sci-fi thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you. No, it's can, definitely a horror movie. It, you can get attacked by a shark, and you have no idea if it's coming or not. So the water always terrified me because you can't see really below. Yeah. Now, that's one thing I was going to say is that uh, anything that stops people from doing a certain thing definitely qualifies as a horror movie. Just like Blair Witch in the woods, it's like, you know, a lot of younger people don't know, but Jaws really affected, like, tourism at the beach and stuff for a good couple summers. <laughs> Jaws still affects me. I still don't yeah. go in the water that, that far. <laughs> I'll stop. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Do you have any uh, others that you've grown up and, you know, they've been your favorites and stuff or any recent ones that have become favorites? The Exorcist was one of those movies that scared the fucking shit out of me when I was younger <laughs> because, um, you know, the other thing you have to remember at that time when The Exorcist came out, religion, Catholicism was, yeah. it, it was very, very, un, it was big in the country, of course, but it was very taboo to touch it. And yeah. that movie kind of really fucked things up because there's scenes in that movie that I still don't understand how they got away with it. So, yeah, that movie really kind of left a a stamp on me, you know, where, like, man, everything about that movie is amazing. Everything from the makeup to the effects, how they did it. Because I've read up 
on The Exorcist more than any movie, uh, that and Jaws. And just to hear stories about how they filmed some of those scenes in a meat locker so they would get the natural uh, smoke, you know, coming out of, of the mouth. It's just all those things that led up to it. I still don't understand how they let a nine or I, I, was she nine or 11 during that movie? I don't know, but I don't know how they got away with letting her do that. Yeah, I'm not sure of her age either, but I know what you're talking about. There were scenes where, like, when she was uh, rigged up to the bed, they said that they, like, separated uh, some disc in her back or something like that. Yeah, and she, she told me that story, too, and I was like, because I always heard about it, but, mm. like, we've done a few horror conventions with her, and she's so awesome, and she's she talks about it, and it's like she said, you know, it really hurt her back, and, you know, Back then, she didn't know she, she was just taking direction and just doing it. Yeah. Have you ever? Did you watch the documentary Curse films that they put out on Shutter? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy when she, I, you know, she was up there and they were talking to her about, uh, you know, like the death threats and stuff, and you could tell that it really affected her. She just did not want to talk about it at all, and I don't blame her. You know, stuff like that. The fact that a movie did that for a child back then just shows the, you know, the effect it had on pop culture and you know just people in general. Oh, absolutely. And if you go like uh, a lot of makeup artists will reference that movie because the makeup artist, Dick Smith, who did it is like one of the best. I mean, if he because I always wondered the makeup that he did on uh, Max von Sydow in the movie who played the priest. Mm -hmm. um, It looks so real that you really thought he was like 70 years old or so. And that's all because of Dick Smith. He's he's like one of the greatest. No doubt. Did you ever see the, uh, the other Linda Blair movie, uh, Hell Night? I've seen Hell Night, of course. I had to see all the Linda Blair movies when I was younger. Um, <laughs> no, definitely. But, you know, you mentioned that documentary, and I, I wonder if there's a way of getting a copy of that documentary now. Anywhere. They said that it's, it's going to be uh, released on Blu-ray. They just announced that, like, past week or so because you know it's a shutter exclusive so so where would you uh, it's going to be on what blu-ray like a an exorcist uh blu-ray or you know the cursed films uh was a little s- season that they did on shutter where they did like an episode on a different movie and uh one of the episodes was the exorcist episode so right like right now if you uh, went and got a shutter free trial you could watch that episode on shutter but if uh if you wanted to have like a physical copy they're going to put the first season out on blu-ray later this either later this oh, year or awesome. the beginning of next year so oh that's cool okay i gotta yeah i gotta see that no definitely do you uh have any like newer horror movies that have come out in like the past you know even 10 or 15 years that you really enjoyed i really enjoyed those conjuring movies to be honest with you Heck um, yeah i uh i especially loved the first one i thought it was great um i liked the second one of course um yeah and you know, I used to read up on the actual, the couple, the Warrens, and uh, what was her name? Uh, Lorraine. Lorraine. Oh, right, Lorraine, yeah. yeah. She she used to do uh, certain spots on this show, like Paranormal Activity or something. Or, mm. uh, it was on like A&E on one of those channels, and she would do some of those shows. And uh, friends of mine would uh, went on a tour of her house in Connecticut. A couple of years back and um i always wanted to do that too but if i lived if i still lived in new york i probably would have done it but yeah. that would have been great but yeah i love the conjuring movies i thought they were really good i even like some of the spinoffs too uh the like i you know the annabelle movies it's like it's kind of hit or miss but the one um the one movie that i thought i had 
so much like anticipation for it and I really wanted it to be great was the nun because I thought that character was very creepy and yeah. there had to be some sort of background but I felt like the movie just left me going uh, I don't know they needed a better storyline or better um, origin you know yeah no I'm not gonna lie I, I have still yet to see the nun due to that reason I kind of got conjured out after like the third annabelle i like the first two conjuring movies and then i liked some of the first annabelle like some parts i thought were like iffy and some parts i liked and then i really liked annabelle creation when they went back to you know uh how she came to be with you know the family losing their daughter and stuff but then i think they did another movie and that that's where it kind of just got to be like i feel like they were beating the dead horse so then i saw the bad reviews for the nun and i was just like uh i'll skip it and then i watched la Llorona and i didn't like that to be honest with you so that's the one I didn't like the most was uh, the well, um, yeah I didn't like that one that much at all. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I got past it. Um, yeah. A recent horror movie that I watched uh, was called The Relic. Okay, I've heard about that. That's uh that's like really recent, isn't it? Or like at least in the yeah. past like month or so. What did you think about yeah. that one? It was okay. It, it 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 had a lot to do with like dementia. Yeah. But it was a it was a different take, you know on a horror movie and it was okay. I, I, I didn't, I didn't not like it, you know? Yeah. So not. there was that movie. What was the other movie that I God, I always forget the name of this movie. And I think Ethan Hawke was in it. Sinister. Sinister. That's the one. Yeah. You keep seeing the film of the, the family hanging from the trees. Yeah. No, I like that one. Uh, myself a lot too. That, I think that was like the same producers as, uh, the conjuring, if I'm not mistaken. I think so too. And um didn't you know so I like that one. I like this other crazy fucking movie that Nicolas Cage did a couple of years back called Mandy. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on with that movie? I felt like I was on drugs watching it. Yeah. No, I had like a slow like the the beginning was pretty slow, but then once it kicks into gear, it's like it grabs yeah. you back for like the last forty five minutes for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely fucking trippy. But uh, so I think I, I mentioned a bunch of movies. So <laughs> no, definitely. I got a few questions that kind of mix the movies and music and stuff. So if uh, kind of like the Os- like I feel like uh, the Oscars and Grammys do the same thing where they kind of like to tend to ignore like horror movies and they t- tend to like to you know ignore like heavy metal. So if you could put up and you guys got a big discography, so it might be hard. But if you could put up one of your albums that you think personally should have won a Grammy, what uh, album would you choose? Oh, wow. Um, or at least should have been put up. I mean, obviously, nobody thinks they deserve a Grammy. You know what I mean? So, Well, it's weird because um, in the past couple of years now, we've been nominated for a Grammy. And hmm. some of the songs that they chose, like we were nominated for that Dio tribute record. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I thought I thought our, the last two records that we we put out were probably two of our best records in, in years. Uh Mm. Um, as far as a, a complete body of work, I thought it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's all kind of like original. It's, 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 it's a bit of our past, but it's also very modernized too. So yeah. I just thought the songs were really good on those two records. Um, but you know, Hey, the first time I went to the Grammys was like in the eighties and I met James Brown mm-hmm. Ringo was there and I was, uh, I was just happy just to be there. I didn't, I really didn't care if we won or not. I was just happy to be involved. No, definitely. And that's my thing is I definitely, uh, I agree with you though. For All Kings, 
is one of my favorite albums of the past like 20 or 25 years so i definitely would put that up for a grammy if it was my choice but well thank you of course so uh the next question is is you guys have had kind of like horror and horror fantasy related like music videos in the past especially with like blood eagle wings you know that was super like horror fantasy do you uh if you guys were approached to make another music video but they said that they want to remake uh, a horror movie into like a short film for your music video what horror movie would you choose Oh, wow. If we could each have like our own kind of separate movies in the in the um, video, my my vote, I would pick definitely Jaws. And Thank you. <laughs> I would definitely want to do that. Um, another one that was always great was uh, Phantasm. I'd love to be running from that ball. Yeah. Uh, now I love uh, Evil Dead was great. I would, you know, choose that. And that's another one. Because that definitely, definitely has a lot of like cool things that you could do with it. Because there's so many camera angles and camera shots in that movie that really help the effect, you know? Yeah. Now, Evil Dead be... is just a great fucking movie, too, I must say. Yeah, it's fun as hell. And it's, uh, and like you said, the practical, I mean, the shots for that thing, especially knowing how they got them, you know, like where they just... Uh, rigged a camera up on a two by four and had these guys run through the woods and stuff like that. And all that stuff is insane, especially to think about how they did it on such a small budget. They said that film's budget was the same as I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if I'm not mistaken, which of course it was 10 years apart, but still that, you know, for a film to have that good of practical effects, I mean, even all the deadites look amazing. Oh, it's like, um, I, I think there's a lot of thought and how we're going to shoot this movie because we didn't have that much money to do it. We had to yeah. make every shot count. And last night we were, um, we, we were uh, watching something and I just happened to say, Hey, let's watch nightmare. The first nightmare on Elm street. And we watched it and, uh, man, dude, that, 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 that first scene where Tina gets killed is still fucking intense. Yeah. Which rest in peace, John Saxon, he just passed away over the weekend. Yeah. That's why we watched it. Yeah, and that's one of my uh, favorites of all time, personally, Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you have a favorite horror icon, would you say? I know that you like, I mean, Jaws, to me, is considered a horror icon. I know some people wouldn't consider the, sh yeah. the shark an icon, but. I love the, f the first Freddy Krueger um, because he was very, he was like a dirty old man who was just fucked up and. I yeah. like that whole, I like the whole thought of his character. Um, but the years ago, we did this photo shoot with Robert England uh, for this other band that Scott and I had called SOD. And we had a song mm. called Freddy, Freddy Krueger. And we were friends with Bob, who used to run uh, Fangoria magazine. And Bob is in our Madhouse video, too. He's in a yeah. wheelchair. He's, he's awesome. But anyway, he hooked Thank it you. up that we can go and do go to the photo shoot and, and they were going to let Freddie take pictures with us too. So went there early, hung out with Robert England all day, watched them get all made up. And I was just asking them question after question about that first scene with Tina, because the room is, it turns upside down, you know, that's how they filmed yeah. it. And he said there was a really cool scene that got cut out because it was just too intense. But when he's underneath the covers with her, he rips into her stomach and his hand comes out of, he's like, my hand comes out of her stomach with all the blood all over my uh, blades. 
and I blow like this blood bubble and it just pops and it never made it in the, into the final movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool and intense. Hell yeah. No, that would have been awesome to see. My favorite kill of all time is in that movie. It's probably, it was probably their second hardest one to shoot, the Johnny Depp uh, death, just Ooh, because yeah. of the way all the blood shot out of that bed and stuff like that. Dude, that's just, we were, we were saying that too last night watching it because I haven't seen it in a while. Mm. And like, that, that seems pretty intense too. The blood just keeps just pouring. And then you see it like on the, on the ceiling, which of course is the floor, but the way it looks, it's just very, uh, it was done really well. And even that movie didn't have a huge budget. Yeah. I meant to ask you, uh, did you enjoy the new it? I know you guys had a small little cameo as far as, uh, antisocial going. And you know what the funny thing about that is? I went to see it with my daughter the first night, and um, it was so long that I kind of approved the T-shirt because they have to run things by us. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And I forgot about all of it. So the scene comes up, and she looks at me, and I'm like, wow, I I forgot about it. And then they played Antisocial, which I forgot about it too. Yeah. So it was just like a complete surprise. No, that's excellent. If you uh, ever got the opportunity to like full on score a horror movie, would you want to do so either as your, you know, by yourself or with, you know, the guys in Anthrax? Well, we did one movie with John Carpenter a couple of years ago called Ghost of Mars. Okay. And, uh, I forgot all about it was that. Actually. One of the was one of the best weeks of my life. Just hanging with John Carpenter, asking yeah. him questions about other movies while, you know, making music. But that was a great experience. And of course, I'd love to do it. I have so many ideas in my head for, yeah, you know, horror and sci-fi, whatever, how how it should be. You know, some of the greatest horror movies soundtracks, of course, rely on just two notes because Jaws is just two notes. The, yeah. the thing is just a pulsing, you know, note. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. You know, Halloween's so. three notes. Like, I mean, Halloween. there's a fourth one, but you can get the gist from the first three. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, definitely. That's uh, that's awesome. And would you say that that would benefit you? You know, if somebody came to you to score a film, you know, that experience with John Carpenter, you kind of got like a hands-on on how it's done? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, we would watch a daily of the of the scene and then it would create a mood, and then bam, stuff would just come out. Heck yeah. So uh, my final question for you is, in uh, all the time on the road, and it can be on the road, or it could be something that you've experienced on your own, but have you ever had a uh, horror story of your own that you'd like to share? And it could be something, like, actually that you felt was supernatural or something that was, oh, like, absolutely. a true scare, 100%. you know? One time, um, this was in Scotland back in 2018. Okay. And we were staying at this old Victorian type of hotel. It was, it was a really old hotel. Mm. And um, uh, one night I was in my room and I went down to the bar to get a glass of wine. And um, I just wanted to read a book that I had on my phone. So I went into the bar, got the glass of wine, and there was a, there was a lot of people in there. So adjacent to the to the bar was the whiskey room, they called it. There was no nobody in there. So I went in there and I sat down and started, you know, reading and stuff like that. And I put the wine on the table mm-hmm. and I went to get, reach for the glass. I looked up and the doorway leading out to the hall, I saw this black, like shadowy type of thing slowly move across from the door outside in the hallway. 
and and I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And like nobody was with me, so I could say, dude, look, you know, nobody yeah. was there, and I waited again, waited again, and it never came back. I went into the other room to to say something to the the bartender, but he just didn't like he, he just wasn't like interested in it at the time so i was like all right whatever yeah so i took my glass and i went back up to my room the next day after the show we went back to the hotel and we were all of us were in the bar talking and it was packed with people and then the waiter came over to take my order and we were talking and i said hey did you guys ever have any like people see anything in the hotel and he's like, well, like, like what? And I'm like, you know, hauntings, ghosts. And he's like, oh, we've had some people who've seen things. I'm like, like what? They've seen like a shadowy type of black thing. And I'm like, dude. And then I told him and he's like, yeah, I, I don't think you're lying. So it was like, I was kind of validated. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now I know what you mean. You made sure that he said it first. That way it wasn't like he was just agreeing with you type deal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I was so, like I said, I felt um, validated. Now, that's sketchy, especially over, like, uh, you said you were in Scotland. That's where, you know, so many of those buildings are so old that they would definitely have some, like, lingering uh, spirits and stuff, I feel like, if any places would. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man, and talking horror movies. Thanks, bro. Let me know when it's on, and uh, we'll blow it up. So, as usual, I just want to say thanks for listening, and make sure you check out that bonus episode that dropped today, featuring the cast and crew of the Shutter Original Film host. And don't forget that The Last Drive-In returns for a sleepover special on Friday, August 14th, and in honor of that, I will be dropping another special episode featuring John Brennan, where we're going to go over our top five 80s metal albums. So make sure you check that out, and I will return next week with my regularly scheduled episodes with Nick Ham, guitar player for the band Citizen. So make sure you go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out Loudmouth Threads who do this awesome original podcast artwork. Hit me up if you like a shirt, because I now have shirts. And stay safe.